Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. You guys are now home with Jim Beam and Dodgers Nation, but please do drink responsibly, especially if you're leaving work right now. It's not a good time to be doing that. But what is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as the real FRG, just real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is the legendary. He's a little grumpy today. DMAC underscore LA Doug. We're back. We're doing this. We're talking Dodger baseball. It's an off day. The Dodgers don't do that great against the Yankees. How you feeling? How you doing? Tell me everything about your life. I'm feeling better than stupendous, man. I'm feeling great. Of course, this Dodger team to lose two out of three from the Yankees. Still, I think the positives outweighed the negatives this weekend. We look at the starting pitching. Bobby Miller, he was fantastic once again. The offense, we're going to get into it. But, hey, it's good to have you back. You had a nice little weekend up in the mountains killing the game. I had no reception and a lot of mosquito bites. Bites. I got at least West Nile, East Nile, COVID-25. It's coming at you, sir. Coming at you hot, coming at you live, guys. On today's show, we got to talk about Bobby Miller, the superstar and his future. We got to start getting a little real about Bobby Miller, so we're going to do that in a little bit. Uh, Of course, Dodgers do get beat by the Yankees. Kind of a frustrating series. Luckily, I missed most of it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we we did stream Friday night's game. It was a great game. I couldn't really watch the other ones that great. So I'm just saying I'm a very integral part of the Dodger success. Uh, speaking of a lack of Dodger success, we got to talk about some struggling rookies that aren't named Bobby Miller right now. Shaky bullpen, a whole lot more things going on in the show. Before we get into the show, i got to remind you, this is a podcast, so if you can't watch us live, you can listen to us on all your podcast platforms, and please do subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment, all that kind of stuff. It really helps out the channel, and drop into the comments now. Let us know where you're representing Dodgers Nation on this fine Monday off day. So let's get into some of the comments. Uh, Manuel wants me to fix James Outman. He wants me to sprinkle some pixie dust. I tried. I tried on the round table last week. Didn't work. Did not yeah, work. Yeah, Clint Kier, that's going to be a tough task. Yeah. Gotta, I mean, swing just, it's, it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of different parts of that swing. We'll talk more about Jimmy Outman a little bit later. Uh, later. Calvin the Goat Ent. I'm assuming that's what how it's supposed to be said. Uh, he's checking in from Palmdale. Uh, we got Frankie Juarez checking in from Cerritos, California. Uh, it's a fine, fine spot. <laughs> Michael Negretti says, no gang signs, DMAC. Yo, no promises, man. We got uh, Bobby Miller is the GOAT from Cody Falcon. We got uh, Chatsworth in the house. Noah Cameras. Damn, where the Super Chat's at. <laughs> Real talk. We got, uh, yeah, Stop. some interesting ones down Diane here. checking in from Cancun. Hey. On vacation? One, two, three, Cancun. Let's go. The the legendary Diane in the stream here. Uh, BC says, most of what cost us in the series were weaknesses we already knew about. Pretty good point. 
Uh, bullpen yeah. kind of still been mid starting rotation. I mean, I, we know that. I know you were high on Michael Grove's start. I didn't see any of his start, but I know that four earned runs in five innings is not what you want, even if he's throwing straight gas all of a sudden out of nowhere, throwing 98 miles an hour and, and what have you. Could be a nice bullpen piece. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one thing that uh, stuck out to me was, hey, if this whole starting pitcher thing doesn't work out for Michael Grove, I could certainly see him carve out a role in that Dodgers bullpen. But yeah, that's the best I've seen his stuff look. I mean, touching 98 on the gun, that breaking ball was effective. He was establishing it early. And really, if you're if it wasn't Bowers, if he wasn't facing him, he would have really put together a nice start there. Only four base runners had those two mistake pitches, but really was confident seven punch out. So I really like what I saw from him. I think the way he was executing pitches, I think Michael Grove Grove, definitely if I had to pick between him and Noah Syndergaard, and to me, that's a no-brainer right there. I'm taking him over Syndergaard at the moment. I think uh, I think I would take you over Noah Syndergaard. But we'll talk I don't go that far. We'll, we'll I would take Noah for sure. Well, over, I, mean, I would take Noah Cameras so, over Noah Syndergaard. So the thing the thing that's bad about Doug is the second he gets on the mound, he some sort of soft tissue injury. Like last year, you had the that's knee true. thing. Game one of office baseball. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry for the, all the listeners. Man, hey, watch out for the peaks. From uh, Cody Peaks over here. Um, anyways, enough about Doug and his uh, his playing days, which are far, far over. Cody Falcons says fire Dave Roberts. So we got one in the stream. There Thank we go. You for keeping the hope alive. Uh, Osterberg in the stream says D-Mac and Clint. Hello. Checking in from the 310 BC from NYC. That's uh, that's uh, not over here. That's uh, over there. Julio. Menifee 951. FL Marshall from Virginia. We got Jacksonville, Florida in here for Manuel. Um, Charlie from Houston, Texas. Sarah says Grove was great. Um, Charles, Bobby has been a high point for this team. I think far and away, kind of the best rookie so far for this team. And that's including James Outman's rookie of the month, uh, April, which is a distant memory now. But man, this dude, uh, this dude is is him, as they say. Yeah, I mean, already one war and three starts. What more can you say about this guy, Bobby Miller? He looks the part. To me, he screams future number one starter, and I think that. It's really the best starting pitch has come out of this Dodgers farm system in quite some time. And he's lived up to the hype. He's lived up to his billing. And yeah, I mean, a 1.006 ERA through three starts. And really, you look at the competition. You look at the Braves on the road. You look at the Bronx Bombers on a Sunday night baseball game on a big stage. Bobby Miller is here to stay. And yeah, I mean, only made four starts in AAA OKC. He's only pitched 31 and third innings so far. So yeah, I mean, we're going to talk more about Bobby Miller. But this guy is an absolute electric starting pitcher. I think he's a superstar in the making and i think with trace thompson on the il maybe gives him number 25 and starts this superstar yeah, thing we right gotta get him a real number yeah 70 is not gonna be this dude's number it's not gonna cut it but uh, he's definitely here he's here to stay in my opinion there's no question about it him is here cody you got something for me we Go have a super yeah. chat kind of loud right now yeah you're up Yo. there now. you're up there there we go Lori O. twenty dollars for the Asada oh, fries, we have our future ace, but the offense is in prime postseason shape. Can this team get it together? And you know what? I'm going to make that the Hornito shot. Hornito. That's a fire take right there, Lord. There it is. Hornito shot taker of the day. Uh, as, as Doug McCain would say, glug, ding. There it is. There it is. Hornito. It's a good comment. And, and uh, Super Chat. We don't only Super uh, our 
a shot taker uh, super chats, but we appreciate them whenever we do get them. Um, yes, all the things that you said that I remember before I started yelling, chipping in for the asada fries, which I'm Doug, talking about Doug's about that lifestyle. Absolutely. I do. I, I'm I'm getting more and more giddy at the idea of eventually seeing a Bobby Miller Walker Bueller one two. That sounds fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah, and one of my big goals for this team is I want to move away from this pitch to contact type starting rotation. Guys that go out there and miss bats. The slider has been so effective, and that to me was really my biggest takeaway from his start. I mean, you look at that first inning, throws 27 pitches. He has two walks. He still strikes out the side. The slider that he's talked about after the game, a tighter grip. The velocity's higher. He's throwing it in the zone for strikes. He's getting chased. He's expanding the zone with it. And to me, that is why I think he is going to make it because he has the velocity, but he's already shown that he can make those in-game adjustments. Yeah, I was going to say. That's the big difference. We really wanted to point that out because this guy talked about it earlier in the show, or not earlier in the show. Him and I were talking about it earlier today before you guys were watching. Uh, the the in-game adjustment so far has been impressive for Bobby Miller. You do, I, at this point, I kind of think we need to see him get hit around a little bit just to see how he adjusts. You know, he adjusts on Sunday with the two walks, strikes out the side. He, he works his way around that kind of stuff. But uh, you want him, you, you don't want him to get beat, but you want to see him face a little bit of adversity. I think that would be good for the next step of his growth. But the fact that this is only start number three and we're already seeing better stuff better pitches improving improvement on his pitches essentially now throwing let's call it a cutter because that's what it is in yeah, a way essentially yeah um but adjusting to whatever the team is the opposing team is not hitting i guess we could say it's not always just about throwing the same curve or the same fastball or different fastballs or whatever if they're not hitting the slider like they the, the yankees weren't on sunday just keep running it out there until they start to maybe figure it out yeah, that was the biggest thing. I mean, that first inning, the at bat to Stanton, he was guessing on that slider and he froze him with the 100 mile per hour fastball. So it's not, you can't just have one pitch and he commands all five pitches. The slider, though, is what's going to take it from a great pitcher to a potential perennial all star, a guy that can truly lead a rotation. And yesterday he had a 58% whiff rate on that slider. 11 of 19, just absolutely an elite pitch for him. So, yeah, that's going to take him to the next level. And the fact that he's already receptive to Connor McGinnis. And one of the things that I mentioned when we first talked about Bobby Miller coming up is I want him to be around Clay and Kershaw. I want him to be around Mark Pryor and Connor McGinnis on a daily basis. And he has passed this with flying colors. I mean, the fact that if you had to grade him, it's a 4.0 GPA with straight A++. I mean, you got the Yankees national TV in front of 52,000, almost 53,000. And it was like it was nothing. This is a guy that I feel truly believes that he's elite. He truly believes that he's yeah. great. And he said that he was ready after the game. So, yeah, I think the big thing for me yesterday, too, was, look, I mean, he he was he was rolling. I mean, that first hit right there, I mean, the two-out single to Volpe, I mean, that was the first hit of the game. He had seven punch-outs in six innings, five or via that slider. And I think for this rotation, he just raises the ceiling. It's not about raising the floor. It's about raising the ceiling. Because to me, if you consider his age, if you consider how early we're on in the season, there's no reason why he can't get 15 to 18 starts and have a role in the postseason, even a prominent role, whether that be someone that you can get two, three innings out of the bullpen or someone that actually does make starts. And we know 
Guys are going to go down because of injury. It happens every single year. He's got the kind of stuff that absolutely plays up in the postseason. And those are the kind of lineups you're going to face. It's going to be the New York Yankees of the world, the yep. Atlanta Braves of the world. And we know, yes, it's extremely way too early. We're <laughs> in the cold open. We're like the at the Marvel like scene where it's not even all the complex. So we're not yeah. even close to the first scene. But what you've seen so far, I mean, you have to just love everything about it. And he, what he's doing is historic. You saw Sarah Lang's tweet during the game that – his, I mean, if you look at Sarah Lane's, the first pitcher since at least 1901 to allow one or fewer hits over six yeah. scoreless innings in his first three starts. So, I mean, that is unprecedented. I mean, Fernando Mania, Miller Mania, I mean, is this going to be the start of something, Clint? It's Bobby's world, man. We're just living in it. We call it Miller time, and um, it's it's fun. It's really fun to see. You you, you are getting shades, and, and yeah, the comps have already been there a bunch, but you are getting shades. You are getting throwbacks to 2018 Walker Bueller coming up, making his first start against the Marlins at Dodger Stadium, and just kind of plugging into that rotation and taking over. Um, I know one of the things we were also talking about before the show is we're coming up with little bits and pieces to talk about is there is the concern for with where we're at in the season, with Bobby Miller, with the innings count in his career, what the highest uh, amount of innings he's thrown so far as a professional is 112 last year. He's going to have to put some innings down if he's staying in the rotation for the rest of the season. And at this point, you can't take him out. He, he would he would need to run, a, what, four or five, six bad starts in a row. But how do you justify taking him out if you're also leaving in Noah Syndergaard for 13 bad starts or whatever it is? But you do kind of got to worry about that a little bit. On the flip side, Butane's done it before in 2018, which is that biggest comp season. He plugs into the rotation, throws more innings than he ever has in his life, uh, 137-plus playoffs, plus, well, I mean, game 163 is in there. These are dudes that are this, – this is a big boy. He is built to handle that kind of workload. He is built to take it into October – deep into October, and I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. Is that something you are worried about at all? For me, it's not. I think if you stick to the game plan, I would like to see five innings, six innings, anywhere from 85 yeah. to 100 pitches. It would have been nice to see that seven innings against the Yanks on Sunday, but any sort of stress, any sort of opportunity to save an inning, yeah, it's what Dave needs to do right now, what, they, what the organization needs to do. I agree with that. I think, look, I, I would like to see him go out there for another inning. I'll be honest with you, just see him go out there. He was making it look so easy. Some of those innings, one, two, three, lots of one, two, three innings, not a lot of high stress innings. But one thing that I was looking for heading into this start was how would he perform against a team that had a couple games after he had a couple games under his belt with the video to look at and identify his weak spots, and they had no answer. And look, the reality is when you have a plus-plus fastball, when you have two or three plus secondary pitches and you're commanding it like that you can't keep him out of the rotation he is here to stay he is going to be a part of this rotation until further notice and i think that he has made it easy on this organization to do just that yeah. to say hey look i mean you have you can't make the argument that he's not one of the best five pitchers there for the dodgers so yeah i mean look he's absolutely been ast absolutely astonishing and i think the other thing too is one thing if you look at some of the early footage we have from him, if you look at the evolution of his delivery, I mean, that motion that he has, it's so much cleaner with his big frame. He can just spot the breaking balls 
throwing for strikes, keep hitters off balance. And I don't think it's going to be that big of a transition. I also want to say lesson learned when it comes to looking at AAA ERAs. When it comes to looking <laughs> at AAA ERAs, people yeah. are saying not enough starts. The ERA is close to five. The reason that was is because they realized that the fastball is fine. The fastball is going to play. It's about the second and third pitches. And they were focusing on, I can tell you from talking to people this weekend at the stadium, within the Dodgers That's where the focus was. is that what the focus was and they were saying hey we got to work on that because we know that for he he was always a guy Bobby Miller was always a guy and he told us this during spring training that yeah I don't want to rush to this show because when I get there I want to stay, stay there he doesn't want to get the frequent flyer miles to OKC he doesn't want to be jet set like that he wanted to stay there and he's proven why yeah he's proven why and he's proven uh to back up his words, he's not going back down. And, and you know, the evolution of how Dave Roberts has spo spoken about him to media from before he gets the call up. Hey, like, in so many words, we don't think he's ready, but this is where we're at, To Hey, that was a really good start. Let's see what happens next. Same type of thing, To I'm impressed by this kid, the ability to adjust, the, the ability to step up to the moment against the Yankees national television game and still coming. I saw I saw a comment earlier. It said, um, you know, the swag coming to the ballpark looking like that. This is a dude who knows he belongs. He's feeling it. He's feeling himself. He's feeling the game. And and uh, he even said, <laughs> I think after his first start, you know, look good, pitch good. He's 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 the he's the real deal. That's uh, that's Bobby's world right there. Rick over on YouTube uh, says um, so much talent coming from the farm. Hey, there's a chance Bobby's just he's going to be the best of them. Yeah, but there's a chance he's he's just the tip of the iceberg because and and shout out to Ken Rosenthal today on uh, what is it, the, he calls it the foul territory show. Uh, our fair territory show on the foul territory network or whatever wow. you want to call it. But he. Um, he talked about he he gave some light, shine some light on the double A rotation the Dodgers have right now, which is just filled with some arms that are ready to go. Uh, Landon Knack is somebody we're probably going to be seeing really soon. He's already 25 years old. He's wasting time now at this point at double A. Um, Emmett Sheehan just put together Texas League Pitcher of the Month uh, uh, for May. You have uh, River Ryan, who came <laughs> came to L.A. as an, in a heist with the Padres for old friend of the show Matt Beatty. Um, who else is down there? I mean, you got you got a bunch of dudes that are gonna make a, a difference in some way, shape, or form for this organization. Whether they do come up to the big leagues or whether it's as a trade piece, uh, that Double A rotation is gonna be uh, pretty important for this club um in the coming weeks maybe even as soon as this week you don't know the Dodgers did clear a, ro a roster spot today uh by losing Luke Williams to the Atlanta Braves so you wonder what that roster spot is for I do think we see somebody like um, um what's his name Matt Andres who had also a really good month at triple a but you know the Dodgers don't like to make those moves from double a but still keep an eye on those on their their six guys Wrote, I've written about them so many times, DodgersNation.com, go check them out. But um, those guys you really got to keep an eye on. But anyways, more comments. Sarah Morris says that Bobby Miller needs a real number. He might replace uh, Clayton Kershaw. Miller, Miller has all of it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. I think it bears repeating, though. I mean, he definitely screams frontline starter. I'm just salivating over a potential rotation that has Bobby Miller, Walker, Bueller, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, dare I say Shohei Otani. And you look at those are power pitchers. Those are guys that have high velocity. Those are guys that can dominate in the postseason. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy, he is destined for this. I told you I hit up one of the uh, media members that was covering high school, and they said he was an ice cream truck driver. 
during the summertime. So, hey, man, he's got the ice in his veins. We know that what he brings on the mound. And I remember, too, talking to him during spring training and some of his cleats. His cleat game is so strong. And I was asking about one of his Jordan cleats and if he was going to wear those. And he even told me, you know, I'm saving these for the show. So when you already are saving cleats, Jordan cleats for the show, that tells you everything you need to know about a guy. The show chain game is on point. The X-Wag is next level. And Major League Baseball can use more stars. He's a guy that people will pay money. Remember back when we were watching the game back in the you know, 90s, 2000s? You would pay for the starting pitcher. He's a starting pitcher you paid to see. So yeah. love to see it, man. I'm you, very excited about this kid. You had your Rocket Clemens back in the day. You had your Randy Johnson. And now you had your Pedro Martinez. And now you have your... Bobby Miller, Robert Miller in the flesh. Manuel says Bobby is a PIMP. Back <laughs> I in don't our know what kids. you heard Back. about me. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's talk about some of the other things that were more on the bad side for your Dodgers. Hey, we're talking all this about Bobby Miller. Guess what? The Dodgers lost that game because they couldn't really put too many of the run points on the board on account of the offense being kind of doo-doo. Now, you had put out a tweet. I don't remember the exact every word that you said, but uh, you had pointed out, hey, they did pretty good against some uh, quality teams in baseball, a few of the best teams in baseball with the Braves, with the Yankees, um, with the Rays. Uh, is is this a situation where we should be worried about um, if, if the Dodgers are below average against elite competition? That was kind of what you put out. You said no. Expand on that. Look, I think there's a couple ways you can look at it. I mean, you can look at it and say, this is a series at the beginning of June, albeit it is the New York Yankees, this is on national TV, so it's a big test. But when we've seen this team struggle in the postseason, it's when they're not generating any offense. It's when they are relying on the home runs, they're not able to come through. We saw on Friday, they blow that game wide open in the first inning, blew the doors off of the Yankees. And I think Luis Severino was tipping his pitches. If he's not tipping his pitches, maybe they get swept in this series. And after that, after that first inning for the rest of the series, Dodgers went 16 for 77 for the rest of the way. Yesterday, their top four, they go 0 for 15 the first time this season. Games two, two, two and three, they just weren't able to have any answers. And I think really the big concern I have if you look at this team and I always say of course if you want the dub you got a slug but 51.1 percent of the Dodgers runs this season have come via the home run ball that's second in Major League Baseball and this team needs home runs like they need oxygen okay <laughs> that's how they win games and it did just felt like they pressed that snooze button on Saturday morning and they didn't wake up I mean they were asleep for the rest of the way and yeah I think also too I mean the blueprint almost feels like it was a little out against the top of this Dodgers lineup. I mean, you saw when Freddie Freeman went down with that curveball down and in. I mean, you rarely see him get embarrassed. And I think you saw them working velocity bottom of the zone. Occasionally, yeah. they were going high cheese, and you saw a lot of spin. And when we've seen playoff games in the past, the Blake Snells in game six, it's when they're getting dominated by whether it be a slider or an off-speed pitch, and they have no answer. But I still think the bright spot, though, J.D. Martinez J.D. Martinez hit a home run yesterday. He was one of the few bright spots, really almost hit a couple of home runs, got yeah. underneath a few balls on Saturday. So I definitely think that that makes me feel a little better. I just think you can't rely too heavily on Mookie and Freddie at the top. If you want to win a seven-game series against elite competition, you need more production down in the lineup. I mean, what do you, what do you what say you? <laughs> I agree, and and we're having uh, – we're, I think we're at the point where we need to have a conversation about the rookies – 
in the lineup. We got to talk about James Outman, who is not James out him anymore. He's not even James uh, Droughtman anymore, as you might or might not have called him. Um, he's uh, James Guaranteed Outman. Like you said earlier, so I'm stealing. I'm just stealing from Doug, man. This is some great stuff. But he's struggling right now, and and it's it's tough. And you're not seeing um, you're not seeing enough improvement from him. And I'm gonna get you on record of saying, look, you're you're really trying, and I appreciate it on Twitter. This guy's really trying to make the the uh, Miguel Vargas thing work. But I've never seen this guy hit better than 227 in a stretch. And I'm not uh, like I'm not saying throw all these guys away. Uh, and you don't dump them all in the trash, but when you have them two struggling, you don't know what you're going to get out of David Peralta any particular day. You don't know if, if Austin Barnes is going to be in lineup that day. You might have four or five guys after Max Muncy, who also is struggling mightily. You might have all these dudes just basically there to do a whole lot of nothing, and you're trying to win a game. Um, that's getting deeper. I want to focus on the rookies. Give me some James Outman thoughts. Um, that's all I got. So when it comes to James Outman, we love the guy who came on this show, and I want him to succeed. I want him to snap out Absolutely. of this. I want him to establish himself as an everyday big leaguer. I would love for him to be the long-term solution at center field. But over the past few days, it's really started creeping in my head. I'm having my doubts. I'm starting to question is he going to be that guy? Do the Dodgers need to trade for an outfielder to really solidify this offense? And look, the reality is, look, I, I try to, of course, I'm a Dodgers fan, but my number one priority is to just bring the truth. And if I'm sipping on some true serum right now, it's telling me that James Altman just isn't getting it done. If you look at his numbers since the beginning of May, he's hitting 161 with a 257 on base percentage, a 276 slugging percentage, a 51 WRC plus so his bat has been 49% below league average and Clint we knew that he was going to strike out we knew that that comes yeah. with the territory because look the 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 rub on James Altman is if he puts his bat on the ball good things are going to happen but the only issue is he has a 37.6% strikeout rate but the slug is just not there he's only had two home runs since the beginning of May he looks lost at the plate look he looks more lost than me looking for my car at the Dodger Stadium parking lot after the game and it's just not happening right now for James Altman I do think that you continue to run him out there and you're going to hurt his confidence. I mean, yesterday he goes down swinging on three straight pitches. He didn't take the bat off his shoulder. I'm yelling at the TV, swing the bat, swing the bat. And when I'm doing that, that's when, you know, I'm really frustrated. But what are your thoughts on Alvin? What are you seeing, Clint? Um, I mean, I also think setting him down hurts the confidence as well. He's just in a bad spot. I think mentally he's okay. It's just the the league's beating him and and Dave Dave Roberts talked about it a couple weeks ago you know he's he's picking the wrong pitches to swing at um and when they are hittable pitches he's not he's not pulling the trigger and and you're seeing that a little a little more often than not I do want to uh point out you know you mentioned two home runs since the big four hit two home run game in Chicago where the media started going all in, national media started going all in in on on James Outman fever, one seventy seven, five fifty six OPS, two dingers, eleven ribs. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 
136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. I wonder if is it, it was it a pressure thing? Again, I just said he's in a good mental spot, but maybe he's also at the same time like it's not getting to him, but maybe he's not putting himself in the best position to succeed because he's thinking, oh man, all these guys are on were high about me, and now I'm down here, and now I'm trying to get back to it, and it's like it's like gambling, you know. I was I was up twenty bucks. Now oh, let me let me just try to get back to what I came to Vegas with, and and then you're down another two hundred bucks. You're just trying too hard. When that's not what this team preaches. What do they what do they say? Stay within yourself. Try not to do too much. You know, I'm just trying to trying to move the ball forward. That yeah. kind of crap. And, and now they're they're seizing his car. They're, to- they're even seizing Rocco. They're like, hey, Rocco's got to go, man. We're taking that too. <laughs> they're taking his Sarah High School football jersey. Like everything, everything. Every but, time. No, I mean, no, I agree with you. I think there is that component as well when you look at James Altman and when you look at him at the plate. I think what he needs to do is surrender to the idea of hey i'm just going to be a guy that 245 with slug and plus defense because look i mean we got to talk about the good with the bad defensively he has had some miscues saturday i think overcommitted to a ball i mean it was a tough play there but still i think defensively he still for the most part has played well he's been okay i mean he has been like he's been fine when he when he misses misses the plays there there it's kind of like Wow, how did he miss that? But for the for the greater part, yeah, he's been he's been solid enough in center field. I think the the problem with that is we're coming off of Cody Bellinger, who just everything about Cody Bellinger as a defensive center fielder was insane, and he wasn't even like lights out elite defensive center fielder, especially over his last couple of seasons. But still, Cody, that first step, uh, maybe he lost a step through the injuries, but that first step, the intuition, the 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 ability to know when to dive, when to jump, when to time a jump to rob, uh, that takes time. And Cody's been doing it all his life. You know, there was a point where Jimmy Outman thought he was going to be a football guy. Yeah. He decided to be a baseball guy. You're still getting used to the nuances of the position at the big league level. You got the third, the third level there. Um, and what do they say always? Offense gets you to the show. Defense, defense keeps you in the show. Better. But look, look, Miguel Rojas. <laughs> hey. We'll talk about him for a second. But I mean, if you want, if you're down, 85th percentile on arm strength, 91st percentile on outs above average. But what did he tell us when he was hanging out inside that monitor right there during the offseason, during our interview? When he's at the plate, he said, Look, I know I can crush fastballs. I know I can do just that. Can I handle big league spin? So far this season, hitting 190 against breaking balls. So until he makes those adjustments, because look, the jury's out. There's some scout somewhere in the basement that is reviewing all of his footage and they're giving it to their analytics department. Oh, yeah. And they're saying attack here, here, and here. High velocity fastballs, spin on the inner half. And there's just times where, look, you talk about non-competitive pitches. From a pitching standpoint, there's non-competitive at-bats, and I think he's just so mixed up upstairs right now that he's not really in a great place. But like I said, James Albin, he has proven the doubters wrong for most of his career. He wasn't supposed to be here this early in the season. He has made a name for himself early on, but I still think that, yeah, I mean, they need to figure something out offensively from the outfield perspective. And I think one of the one of the, I don't know if it's an unintended consequence or just a byproduct, but with Trace Thompson going on the I.L., you, we are probably going to get a situation where w- you are going to get those two right-handed bats in the outfield, yeah. and that's what we were looking at to start the year. So I'm very interested to see how that looks. But we know he's a fan favorite, but so far this month and the last month, he just really has had a rough go of it. Yeah, this is what I'm. Uh, this is 
this is what I'm I'm now I've now come to the the realization that we're just too good of salespeople. Because clearly it was after a game, Rocka Outman put on an episode of Blue Heaven and was like, you know what? I need to get myself one of those manta masks. Oh well. That's what, that's what happened. And Rocka, Matt, Rocka Outman has been asleep for the last month and a half. Because at Manta Sleep, they do uh, they make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do, and you should get yourself a little napski there. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. The fine folks at Manta Sleep work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so you can have the energy to live your best life and go out and hit some dingers uh, in the real world. So check out mantasleep.com. Today, so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta Mask today and use our, our promo code. It's DN2023. And uh, you're going to be happy you did it. Doug, wake up. You're wake on the up. Mound. Good morning. Good morning. I <laughs> will say, if James Alvin wants to snap out of this slump right now, all he has to do, just take a buzz cut. Just shave it all off. He talked oh. during. Come on, dude. I know I'm, those are luscious locks. You with me, Cody? I'm kind of with that. I mean, Sometimes the, the, the shave, like, it changes the it game. Works. Look, Sometimes he, it he told ESPN while he was mic'd up that he uses cream and curls and genetics and this and that. too much about the hair? I just think, hey, respect the game. we saw buzz cut belly a few years ago. It could and work. Like, it I also, too, work. on top of that, I mean, you've seen some little miscues I don't like, too, getting picked off in the Friday game and Freddie Freeman could have another opportunity to hit. And then Saturday, I mean, there's some miscues. I mean, he's still been a tear on the base pass, seven for eight and stolen base attempts. But right now, I think it's just kind of, kind of wearing on him. I mean, when you're at this stage as a rookie, you have not played this much high-level baseball on a day-to-day -day basis that it really starts to wear on these players. And you need to see some good results to turn things around. So, yeah, I'm not selling all my... All my James Alvin stock, absolutely not. I still think he can be a contributor, but we know he has some work to do. Now, you want to talk about Miguel Vargas? No, I want to get into comments first because we've been bad, but I do want to it's a, get your Miguel Vargas stuff. I know people talked about Vargas earlier in the stream. Bring him back up. We want to get to those, but uh, Dave Luna, kind of on the same boat as you on James Alvin. says, I don't know why, but I'm not as concerned about James Alvin as you guys are, uh, which you were just kind of leading to there. It's like you're, you're concerned, but not exceptionally concerned at least i think maybe i wasn't listening to doug but says i think he'll figure it out james outman is my guy i think the numbers will be there in the end now, we don't know what the numbers are supposed to be he's never had a an extended run in a big league season but uh thoughts on that i would put my concern level really at a six and a half something like that just because he hasn't proven since they've been able to attack him since the game plan since the scouting has been done against him that he can hit consistently after that the reality is we don't know we don't know when it comes to james allen we don't know if he can establish himself as a big league player and hit consistently and limit the strikeouts i'm okay with the strikeouts yeah if it's coming with the home runs if it's coming with the slug but right now we're getting nothing like we were okay with the strikeouts 17 18 chris taylor because he was out there hitting bombas not so much now. That's just a lot of strikeouts. So uh, there's a, there's an issue there. Our boy Buddy's in the stream. He says, what you know about? And that's about it. So thank you for hanging out buddy. with us, Buddy. Um, <laughs> Manuel says, spank that like button. So yes. there you go, gang. Make sure you do that. Craig Osterberg says, Hayward can play center field. Hey, Jay Hay, man, that, that dude's got to be playing. He's got to be playing some baseball because uh, he's he's kind of legitness right now. So I would I would... I would maybe look to get him in there a little bit more. Um, maybe splitting time with Altman while Jimmy's able to get some a little more face time with uh, Aaron Bates, Rob Vanskoyak. Find something 
in the swing, but also just give him that, that little mental sabbatical he might need because, uh, you know, again, while he's in a good spirit, he's still somewhere in the back of his mind. Like I'm trying to get back to where I was April 20th or whatever it was. Cause you know, 420. Seth Gribble says no game today has me sad, but you're here with us. Just, just to say, um, <laughs> DKM says, uh, I'm well, so you miss me. Greet. I'd rather. Get, oh, hey, guys, you miss me, Simone. I'd rather get a greet. So I'm assuming he's going with. So that works. Hey, how's it going? It's a great one. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, B. Guzman says uh, Outman reverse Hercules with the hair. Isn't it? Uh, who's the one with the hair? Uh, Samson. Or Samson. Yeah. Swanee Swan. Yeah. Samson. I was way off. Reverse Samson. That's, that's what you guys. Strengths of my hair. Curse Shaw says play Laduca. Le, le, you got the wrong guy. It's the wrong era. Paul <laughs> Laduca. He does. Um, he does horses now. That's what he does. Uh, year eight. Oi eight. Lou. Great name. Rolls off the tongues. Not truly concerned about Outman. Trace Outman season says Outman feeble. Swerves says who do we need? I don't know. I mean, there's Johnny really, DeLuca. Johnny DeLuca's get like that's actually one of the things I want to talk about though is that Johnny DeLuca. This is great timing to assess him before the trade really deadline really to is. see what he can provide. And I think this is going to give him an opportunity to go in there against left-handed pitching to see if he can provide a spark. And I'm wondering, my first big question with DeLuca is: Do they use him in the same capacity as Trey's Thompson, or do they give him more of an opportunity based on what they've seen so far? I mean, getting back to Altman and just how they're using him with Jason Hayward. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. But look, I mean, they need guys that can produce. And right now, James Altman's not doing that. I mean, two for his last 27. But Johnny DeLuca, that's a name that I was campaigning for on this show for a couple weeks, wanting to see him in place of Trace Thompson. But now we get him because Trace Thompson, he goes down with the oblique injury. He was on that 0 for 39 skit. I will say he had reached base in six of eight plate appearances with four hits and two walks since that game against the Rays where he got back on the schneid and ended that skid. So it really, you feel for the guy right when he starts to get it going, he goes down with that injury. But do you think that, that were, there was more to come or you think that it's almost, I think if we're talking about mental breaks, he's another guy can benefit from that as well. Yeah, I mean, at least you're, you're, you're hitting the IL, feeling a little bit better about yourself. But, uh, you know, this could very well spell the end, especially if Johnny DeLuca has a good run, could very well spell the end of, of uh, Trace Thompson. But, um, and, and those... Those uh, you were talking about Thompson, right? That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just want to make well, sure. Well, I yeah. get I get lost on from time to time because I'm reading comments. I'm just letting you riff. But yeah, look, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, James, look, Johnny DeLuca is a guy that can absolutely help this team in a lot of different ways. I mean, he's another guy that wasn't a high pick. He was a 25, 25th round pick back in 2019 out of Oregon. He was a Double A Tulsa three weeks ago. So three. this Not is now. a quick rise to the bigs. And like he told reporters yesterday, you just never know. You never know where to get your, your opportunity. And yeah, if you look at the numbers between double A AA and triple A this season, slashing 315, 375, 548 <laughs> with eight extra base hits in 17 games since he was promoted to Oklahoma city. And yeah, he's a local kid from Agora Hills. He's a guy that um, he said yesterday had almost 20 people there at the game. So you love that angle as well. But what I'm looking at is two things. One, 
362 with an 1104 OPS versus lefties. And then two, and most importantly, he brings a different dynamic in that he's not a guy that strikes out a lot. He doesn't strike out a ton, striking out at around 17% of the time. So he does slug, but you're also getting that ball in play, that bat-to-ball element that you love. And also, he can be a menace on the base pass. He was a standout sprinter and long jumper at Agora Hills, the home of the Chargers. So we know we can bring gotcha. that. So... Yeah, I'm definitely very, very high on him. I mean, you talk about a 55 runner, definitely has some pop in that swing. Uh, defensively, he's not going to blow your mind. Solid corner outfielder, center field around yeah, average. Dave but said some left, some center. Yeah. Um, I, I hope we don't see too much of that, you know, too much center at least, but left. You're able to stash him there when uh, DP isn't starting, which it sounds like now Johnny's going to be the guy in there against left-handed pitchers in the outfield. You'll probably see some more uh, uh, Mookie Betts in the infield on those days, um, maybe at second base, because now it's time we talk about Miguel Vargas. On the season, hitting 227. He's got a 745 OPS. Yeah, he had, he had a single hit in each of the three Yankee games, but just continues to, to I don't know, not impress me. Um, since the start of May, He's hitting 238. Uh, he's on base at, at, at 310, not the greatest. Yeah, the slug went up a bit over that stretch, especially if you get rid of that first game. You look at that four-hit game, it looks like he was starting to figure some things out maybe, but maybe that four-hit game is more of an outlier. Uh, just sell me on this this experience because over his last uh, 10 games, 11 games, he's, st he's batting under 200. It's just... It's it's inconsistent, but they keep you know he's he's the guy who's hitting f f you know fifth, sixth, seventh in the lineup daily, and I don't know if he's earned that. He's not getting on base at an elite clip or even a reasonable clip or even a league average clip. Um, the defense mid to okay. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's what a, they have. It's a tough look. I'm not going to sell you on the fact that he's a superstar this season, but I will say when you're a 23 year old rookie and you haven't fallen off a cliff, if you look at his numbers since the beginning of May, a 112 weighted runs created plus. So you're talking about a bat that's 12% above league average. I think Gavin Lux would have loved to have that number in his rookie season. Fair. I think that there's a lot of rookies that would have been fine with that type of production. His last 10 games, six for 31, hitting under 200, as you mentioned. And to your point, there have been flashes. The four-hit game, you've seen some of that bat-to-ball, and you've seen his ability, but he's not doing it on a game-to-game -game basis. He's not doing it consistently enough to say, oh, this is a guy that is going to vie for the rookie of the year. This is the guy that we've heard about for so many years that was going to tear things up. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that this is a guy that is a rookie. is a rookie that is also defensively playing a position that he hasn't played in his career at the big league level. And I think for him, it's just about if he doesn't fall off a cliff, that's what you want to avoid. What you want to avoid is yeah. the James Altman types, the Trace Altman types where they're falling off a cliff where you're hurting the team when you continue to run them out there and they're not providing very much as long as he a hit there a double here a home run there and you're just treading water and you're just weathering the storm it's going to click at some point with this guy i truly believe that and i wouldn't say that he's someone that is on bust alert or anything like that because like i said he is still the way it profiles as an above average bat but has he underwhelmed i would say probably has he been a bust i would say far from it i think defensively he surprised some folks i think yesterday 
You would probably like to see him barehand it. Maybe he'd make a play at the plate considering that runs were at a premium. But I'm still high on Miggy Vargas. Like I believe Miguel Vargas, like Mr. Miyagi, believes in Danny LaRusso. But what happened in Karate Kid, right? He got jumped a few times. He went through some adversity until he swept the leg. So I think it's going to take some time. I still believe in Miguel Vargas. He pulled, he pulled that. To, um, guys, subscribe for at least Doug McCain. If you want to sell your Miguel Vargas, I will buy it for pennies on the dollar. And I'll add it to my collection. Yeah, I, I pretty I, much I've, I've hoarded all the Miguel Vargas stock. Yeah, okay, I, I don't want to be all doom and gloom or just focus on the bad. But these are a couple of guys that you know the rookies. The you know we you had mentioned earlier uh, today. It just it seems like the Dodgers have struggled in particular to to draft and develop or bring up and develop their own infielders. We yeah. haven't seen an exceptional or even league average uh, infielder since Corey Seager, who's now, you know, raking in Texas, which is unfortunate, but um, I don't know what the deal. They could, they could, you know, print pictures like nobody's business, but uh, when it comes to, to infield and, you know, I mean, honestly, even kind of outfield, it's been a bit of a struggle on, on the, on that side of the player development uh, coin, but anywho, I upset uh, Victor with a, I didn't upset him. He says, Corey, who? Corey, who? Yeah. Seegs. No, I mean, the th problem too with Miguel Vargas paying him. in his, yeah, <laughs> look, I mean, we'll see what happens with Corey Seager, but I mean, that kid's a flat out generational hitter, in my opinion, as far as how hard he can hit the ball consistently. But that to me is when I look at Miguel Vargas, something that surprised me a little. I thought that maybe the Babbitt gods weren't going to be nice to him and he would be almost like a Will Smith that we saw early in his career where he hit the ball hard. It was just a rocket shot into the glove of the opposing team. That hasn't been the case for Miguel it's a long, it's Vargas. A long swing, man. It is a longish swing. I agree with you on that. You're not seeing him just get the barrel out there. I think for him, he's another guy you want to see him kind of work on it's kind of got that horizontal motion and just really find a way to find pitches that he can drive i think there's certain at bats where it's almost his high on base percentage his eye at the plate almost works against him because you see him not attacking certain pitches but yeah he's just not hitting the ball hard consistently but still like i said i mean the home runs I mean four home runs since the beginning of may he hasn't been awful he hasn't been dreadful no and i think look in some organizations i think there'd be more pressure on him i think he's in a good spot in this organization surrounded by jd martinez and freddie freeman to kind of soak this up and you kind of look back and you say hey a rookie season where you can justify him on the field and there's not many better options out there i mean who's gonna throw out there gonna yanni hernandez or someone like that i mean i mean if you trade for tim anderson throw him at second i can have that conversation oh, back on tim and have vargas he come off the bench but I'm just saying, yeah. as of right now, look, experience is currency, right? That is an investment, and you have to take him out there and see if he can do I actually think he's going to have a big week. I think he's going to have a big road trip. Oh, I think he's gonna, playing in Cincinnati, Philly. Is that the Doug cure? Uh, it's not really the Doug Book cure. Book I'm not it cure. I'm just, I, I think he's going to have a big week. I think. Put all of your money, put your rent money on Miguel Vargas having a big week, and if not, big week Doug for Mickey Vargas. will personally pay your rent. I will. Not transferable. <laughs> it's not transferable. Anyways, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I, I did want to at some point talk about the bullpen being shaky and kind of overworked, but I don't want to get into too much with that. Uh, one, I guess, one last thing I want to touch on with the with the offensive side, just to throw it out for funsies, as uh, the kids say. <sighs> not so much. Do you think they would explore it? But. Should the Dodgers move Mookie Betts out of the leadoff spot and into a more run-producing spot? You mentioned earlier they're kind of missing that run production in the middle of the lineup. You have a really good 2-3-4 for the greater part, as J.D. does well. 
Muncie, yeah, he's struggling. But if you find a way to kind of change some things up a little bit, is that just too much, you know, effing around for the sake of effing around? I mean, look, we know Mookie wants a bat leadoff, but on the same token, why they lose the last two games? Well, their leadoff hitter that they depend upon to generate runs, he doesn't get on base. He didn't do very much of anything at all. And look, the numbers bear it out. I mean, it bears repeating that when Mookie scores one run, just one run, when he crosses home plate, this team, since he put on that Dodger blue, has a win percentage of over 800. When he doesn't, it's close to 500. I mean, that is jarring. That is a big disparity. So the question is, how do you get Mookie across home plate, right? How do you have him score runs? And you've seen him in the last three years. His batting average is in the 260s. It's in the 260s because he sacrificed some of that batting average for slug. You've also seen him hit home runs at a career high clip. Now, should they move him down? I think right now we've seen, look, I mean, yes, they've gone to a little bit of a slump, but I mean, they were in a position where they were scoring six runs a game for six straight games, putting this offense on their back, carrying this team when the pitching was struggling. So I still think that this team is at its best with Mookie and Freddie at the top of the lineup in a one-two punch. But I do think you want to ease into that transition. We heard Mookie during spring's training saying, look, I'm not... I don't, I'm not holding you guys hostage yeah. with that leadoff spot, but we also He's know loosened up. this guy has 41 leadoff home runs, and that can set a tone in a game. So where Mookie's happy, I'm happy, but he's not a very explosive base runner, so there's that element too. And the on-base percentage, it's higher than it was last year, but I think when you look at where the other options are, there's no one I would put on this roster in the leadoff spot over Mookie at the moment. Yeah, what Dave Roberts said over the weekend, uh, on, I think on the Friday game, uh, you know, he's instant offense. You know, you, you would like to have that in the game as often as possible. And yeah, that was the other part. You said it. Seth Gribble said it in there. Who's going to bat leadoff then? There is no clear option. So this is what you do. You yeah, stick if you want to go what? to Tim Anderson. <laughs> No, I'll do it. That's the Doug McCain I know. <laughs> Nothing gets past this guy here. I, I, I'll say here. Somebody right. else said you need to do the Cupid Shuffle. I didn't see that. Oh, no. Cupid that Down, down, dude, that? down. That's what I wanted to wait. Danny says, Doug, you're afraid to criticize the Dodgers. I criticize the Dodgers all the time. Someone said, is someone on someone on the show yesterday. Yeah, man. So, someone, someone on the show. Someone on the show yesterday. I started the show and I was just like, oh, James Alvin, can't believe he's being mic'd up. Has he earned that? And then someone in the comments was like, man, D-Mac is mad about James Altman's getting mic'd up. He's here, he's here to cook. So, yeah, I mean, look, I just try to speak the truth about the Dodgers. I think there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I think, like I said on Twitter, yeah, I mean, four and five against the Braves, the Rays, and the Yankees. You would take that when you consider the current state of this Dodgers rotation. And my big criticism, I think, for the team right now is, yeah, they look a little one-dimensional on offense. And I think they're not going to win the World Series unless they improve their five through nine. They're not going to win the World Series unless they go out there and make a trade for an impact reliever. I think Liam Hendricks makes all the sense in the world. I think what I saw from Bruce Dar Gratterall, who's basically giving you a shacked in a full moment every single time he goes out there for some reason, I think he's a guy that... I still believe in as a piece, but I think with this current lineup and I look, I like to just learn lessons. I like to learn lessons from what did the team teach us last year. And one thing like talking about Johnny DeLuca, this is what's going to happen. He's going to go on fire and then he's going to be the flavor of the month. Johnny DeLuca mania. Everyone's going to love him like they loved James Altman. Then he's going to fall off and then people are going to hate him. And it's just the vicious it's cycle, cycle, right? It's a vicious cycle. Sports really. Yeah. Exactly. So look, I mean, this year, I think we got to learn from last year. You can't bank on the guy's that we heard about all the time, all the entire season. This guy's going to come back. That guy's going to come back. No, if you truly believe in this team, you're going to put your chips in the middle. You're going to go out there and make moves. And this team, 
the guys that are available, it's, it's always a timing thing. I mean, even the Yankees series, I mean, it's how your rotation lines up, right? You had Michael yeah. Grove going on Saturday, you had Bobby Miller Sunday, Kershaw Friday. I mean, it's a timing thing too, as well as which guys are on shorter term deals. Cause we know the Dodgers, they don't want to commit to guys long-term Hendricks makes a lot of sense. So I think this bullpen, they absolutely need to add someone like that. And then I still think adding Tim Anderson makes a lot of sense. I still do because I think his value is at a low right now. And I think you could consider batting him lead off and move, moving Mookie down as run producer. Yeah, that, that definitely gives you the most optionality there. Tim Anderson not having the best year by any stretch of the imagination, but I would not be overly enthralled to go to work if I played for the Chicago White Sox either. It's a bad club. It's poorly run. Uh, it, it's a it's a bad division, and they're still not in the hunt. Get him out of there. Get Liam out of there yeah, too. And, he and, deserves better. And Rosenthal and bring said, in Joe Kelly while you're at it. Yeah, I, I talked to <laughs> Rosenthal on Saturday. I didn't ask. Him about, uh, no, there we go. No, but uh, no, but look, I mean, I asked him about this, but he even said that he looks like he could be a Dodger. It looks like that Tim Anderson looks like he news. could be a Dodger at the deadline. So those are sm there's smoke there i think there is smoke there i don't think that's a fire alarm schedule and call everyone out there but no i definitely think there is some smoke there and i also think too look as you mentioned earlier as we talked about before the show this team has struggled to develop infielders and they've struggled to find that permanent solution at shortstop yes gavin lux goes down with the injury yes miguel rojas defensively has played the part but um, ahmed rosario is another guy on the cleveland guardians that you could potentially bring in too who's not under team control for anything after this season. So I definitely think you need to go out there and explore some options. As far as criticizing this team goes, look, this Dodgers team, they have exceeded expectations, but oh, yeah. still they don't look like world beaters right now. And this is, I think, one of the more flawed Dodgers teams in recent memory. And Which, I think that's because of the bullpen. Yeah, and we knew that and was going to be the situation coming into it. But yeah, the bullpen injuries have been, has been a struggle. Uh, we knew this team wasn't going to have the same amount of depth that it's had in years past. Yeah, they have some really good options um, in the lower minor league ranks. Like I talked about that double A rotation, and really, that's where the help is going to come from. Uh, you, you you mentioned like Cleveland, like the White Sox are clear sellers. But the funny thing is that that AL Central is so bad that everybody is in it and not in it all at the same time. Some of these guys are closer to first place than they are the second wild card spot. It is god awful division. Uh, Minnesota running away with it at two games over 500 and uh, the Sox are in fourth place just five games behind uh, with 26 wins yeah. but at some point they also need to be open that's that's the team that's the team we know that you said it before the season you need to root for the Dodgers to win and you need to root for whoever's playing the White Sox to win because that's going to be the team that is the Dodgers trade farm system in a way and both these clubs can help each other uh, improve for either the now and and the future but uh, somebody like Cleveland they're probably going to be looking at the White Sox as as a trade partner all of these other clubs Cleveland's that so weird though like they're a team that they're willing to make trades even they're like two games back because they know that they don't like to pay guys through arbitration yeah. they don't like to sign guys I mean Classe Bieber I mean there's so many names that if you call them they will always pick up the phone they could be in first place yeah. by 20 games they're, they're answering they're that down. phone the yeah. Dodgers they're they cut the cord, they throw it out of the window. I mean, they're not going to pick up the phone for any of their top prospects. Who says a corded phone? Friedman does. Oh. I think he does. Proud of I him. think he has the clear one. You know, the 90s are the clear phone. <laughs> you can see all the bits and pieces inside. He has, to but, go, he has to go around the wall in the kitchen so he can be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call after nine, guys. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh, you know, Houston. Houston's struggling a little bit by their standards. Yeah, they have 
uh, a wild card spot, but they're going to want to get better. They're going to want to improve that starting rotation a little bit. They want to improve on the fringes any way they can. Yeah. There's a lot more people uh, that have opportunities to make playoff spots, and that's just that much more competition. We're, we're not going to see uh, – I don't think we're ever going to see a trade deadline like the Scherzer-Turner um, deal again. I just – I don't see it. And, and even that trade deadline, I mean, they you had to include – if you're the Nationals, you had to include a trade Turner that still had a year left of team control just to get the Dodgers' top two prospects. Yeah. And then in that situation, we know Josiah Gray, that's a guy that they traded for and developed. So this organization, they're not afraid to give off trade capital if it's for the right guys. And I would be shocked. I would be shocked and stunned that this trade deadline, if the Dodgers weren't more aggressive than the last trade deadline. I would be shocked and stunned. I know, of course, the 800-pound elephant in the room is Shohei Otani for next season. And I know that's not happening, not but happening. it the is Dodgers going to... The Dodgers have a DH. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, but it still could impact what they do yeah, at the deadline. That's, that's fair. But I'm telling you, I would be... Look, I almost want to call Chicago and start the paperwork and get the deal <laughs> done myself. If they're not going to do that deal, I'm going to have to intervene here because i do think it makes tons and tons of sense and that's why i think at this stage of the season the fact that they have exceeded expectations bobby miller changes the game bobby miller changes the game for me that's how much i believe in him and we saw in 2018 the kind of impact that walker bueller had for this team for this rotation you saw him lights out against the red Sox. you saw him lights out in game 163 i'm not saying that he has what Walker Buehler has. He has his pants. I'm not saying he has what Walker Buehler has on the mound or he's going to have that big of an impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do think, look, you need three, four starters in the postseason. Who could they go get? A Giolito, a guy like that. That's not going to supplant a Kershaw, Urias, Dustin May if he comes back healthy, or a Bobby Miller or any of those guys, right? So I think the picture is starting to take shape. I think it's starting to be clear out there. You go get an impact bullpen piece. I don't care what Dave Roberts has said about bullpen by committee. No, he is designed from a managerial standpoint to have that elite lights out closer. Hendricks is that man. And then you go get an impact bat. And I think it's too much to put on these rookies from what I've seen so far. I still believe in, I, when I look at Miguel Vargas, I look at him as, okay, this is a 10-year guy, a five-year guy, a two, three-year guy to get to where he needs to be. I'm not looking for him to set the world on fire this season. Same with James Albin. If you put all your chips on rookies, you're probably going to, not have success with that so let's get these trades going man this team is not far off there's no one that blows my mind in the national league and same thing with the american league this team has proven they can compete with any of these teams and i think that it would be a disservice if you don't go all in with a, a possible final year uh, all the all the signs all the writing is on the wall that this is julio Urias's last year with the dodgers and i definitely think that if he comes back to the dodgers it means that they struck out on shohei otani i don't think they're going to strike out on shohei otani yeah otani we'll save otani talk for for another day it's already a long show long in the tooth is show uh, i mean we're at about an hour right now but we're okay. having a all good right, time right. it's an off day you know these people have nothing better yeah. to do they're hanging out with us and we appreciate you desperately um <laughs> oh we got one dj producer cody i got a super go. chat oh. appreciate it michael creo for two dollars said dustin may is gone for the season stop the delusion stop the Ouch. No, I, I call me delusion. I, re, I actually agree with you to a certain extent on that. And look. Oh, look at that. Now he's now he's a dot noted Dodger hater. Doug no, McCain. no. Look, I mean, look, I think <laughs> I think I agree with you on the standpoint that you can't bank on it. I think it's one of those situations. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And I think we've learned in the past that, yeah, some of these guys that 
are placed on the 60-day and anything past that you kind of fear about. And I think you can't bank on that, but I still think that there is a chance that Dustin May returns. I mean, there's plenty of examples of guys responding to that PRP. The fact that there wasn't true tendon damage there, it leads me to believe that there is at least a chance. And if there's not a chance, there's a reason why people out there have said, hey, maybe he does end up in the bullpen at some point. I mean, he has a violent delivery, a lot is happening when he's on the mound. So, yeah, I wouldn't bank on that for sure. And even last year when he returned, we didn't even see him in the NLDS. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with yeah. you, but I still think there still is a chance. And even then, you still have other guys that can fill in those spots. Yeah, I was going to say, I know I know you had um, – well, I want to take a step back first because you're talking about the bullpen, and I, I agree. There needs to be some help in this bullpen, and the best, the best route is going to be out of organization, and the best route is honestly going to be with the Chicago White Sox – whether it's a Liam Hendricks, but there, there, there are so many um, like regular season pitchers in this bullpen, but we've seen yep. the regular season pitchers falter in the postseason. Yancy Almonte, Alex Vesia, most recently, uh, they they need some some guys that can push back. You know your your big dogs, I guess we can say, with the Ferguson. Who, yeah, he gave up a home run um yesterday was it yesterday i don't know time has yeah. no meaning but ferguson had his his struggles here and there of late but he's still a guy who's been really really damn good evan phillips you know is a guy you could throw out there most of the time even bruce darf he stops trying to pretend like he's some sort of crazy uh, you know softball shortstop making every play um and just you know plays a little smarter which he says yeah you know i wasn't thinking you have some good pieces but you're if you're able to move that whole stack down one and get yourself a bona fide closer with Liam effing Hendricks because, man, he's a good time. Thank you. Loves to cuss, and I appreciate that out of a guy. <laughs> uh, plug him in with uh, whoever else comes back. You know, if Alex Reyes is going to come back, do you really want to rely on that? But um, uh, I, So th that was just a bucket of words that I threw on the floor, but I wanted to talk about, I know you had the conversation with ESPN friend of the show, Doug Glanville, where he says what I kind of agree with. I think this team is going to look more internal. This just feels like the year of internal solutions for the Dodgers. And I will again bring up the double-A staff. River Ryan, Nick Nestrini, Emmett Sheehan, um... Landon Knack, these are all options who could be options in the bullpen, who could help out that bullpen. Yeah, they're not Liam Hendricks, not your light, lights out closer, but um, do you agree with my assessment of, uh, or, or how far do you disagree with my assessment that this is the season of fully internal, like almost like all the way in finding guys internally? I think I agree with you in that, Compared to years in the past, I think that there's the potential to actually get those contributions this year based on what we've seen. The talent and the potential is there. We also know the postseason this is a grown man's league. This is a grown man's league. And if you want to win in October, you need guys that have been there, guys you can trust in those spots. I'm not saying those guys can't do it. And I think there is value. Frankie Rodriguez, uh, I'm Adam Rain Wainwright. There's plenty of examples. I mean, you talk about Bum Jonathan Papelbon. I mean, I mean, you talk about like, you know, Bumgarner, Lackey. I mean, Bumgarner, Lackey, you, you, yeah. You can, you just tons of examples. Sometimes you need that rookie, too, which could be Bobby But those Miller. guys aren't there. I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that those guys, I think, can be contributors. Fair. But I think Bobby Miller, he's in his different category. He's in his own tier as far as rookie impact guys. But I think when you talk about internal options as far as supplementing the bullpen, supplementing the rotation, I think you're looking at some of those guys. But 
I think for me, if you really want to go out there, I mean, why else would you sign J.D. Martinez to a one-year deal? Why else would you bring in a Jason Hayward when he could have signed with some other teams? You get him on the vet minimum. Yeah, I don't think he could have signed with some other teams. <laughs> he had some other guys <laughs> calling out there. Dodgers were the first to call, apparently. And, of course, and he said, Freddie and, the and his second, buddy. And the third. And, look, he could have got He's going to get At the time, I didn't even want him on my slow-pitch softball team. Look, man, That's hey. two slow-pitch softball people were, team references. People were... I know. I'm, I'm going to go because we were pretty high on Jason Hayward. Everyone was calling oh, him yeah. trash. People call him Haywatch. I got receipts longer than CVS, and I'm going to be using <laughs> them. So, But, yeah, no, look, I think this team, it, they tell me that they're going to go out there. I truly believe that. I mean, do they have internal options? Yes. Do I think they're going to explore those? I those. do. But yep. I also think that there's teams out there that are going to be dealing. I think the Dodgers... They want to win the World Series this year. I think they're committed to going after it because there is uncertainty in the future. You only have a couple years of this Freddie and Mookie when they're in their absolute prime. We are getting peak Freddie Freeman. We're getting prime Mookie bets. There's no guarantees that next season you're going to get that. There's no guarantees that you're going to get Clay and Kershaw and Hulu Urias back. When you look at that core right there, when you look at Will Smith being where he is. We look at this bullpen where they are. They don't have enough right now. And I love what you brought up about there's a big difference between, like I said, regular season, it's like coffee. Postseason is like four loco with some cocaine there. It's a totally different energy, a different ball game. Just like mom used to make. <laughs> Just like mom used to make. So you're going to have to go out there and get guys. And I think last year, too, they learned after. I, I personally believe this, that Andrew Freeman, I remember it was the Rockies versus the Dodgers in September. And he was doing one of those in-game interviews, just kind of meaningless. And the look on his face, he brought it like three or four times about, yeah, sometimes when with the new expanded postseason, you have to give up more prospect capital. And I think the market has got more competitive. I don't think he's going to let that happen again. I think this team is not going to let get stale. I think they're going to go after it. And like I said, I'm going to call my shot. I think they're going to trade for Liam Hendricks. I think they're going to find a way to get him in Dodger blue. I think they... Daniel Hudson's going to be back, but I think you can never have enough high leverage relievers. Evan Phillips is perfect in his role, but I think you move everyone back. Yancey's look mm -hmm. better. Six straight scoreless appearances. Bruce Dark Gratterall, I think, can be shaky at times when you pitch to contact like that. So I think they're going to make a move. I truly do. Joe Mama says, let the kids play, man. And uh, that trading for Hendricks doesn't necessarily fall into that. But, hey, if you're letting the kids play for another organization, then Doug can get his wish. Hey, I, I think they also, too, they have some guys that don't have defined roles. I mean, Michael Bush, he recently went down with an injury, but he's another guy that you almost feel bad for that he's currently still just that's This stuck. is where he lives. This is absolutely where he lives. Dave Luna asked, uh, have you guys talked all-star ballots yet? No, we haven't, but we will do that in a future stream, possibly Friday. If we're doing the show on Friday, we are under. Uh, we are unsure if we're doing that as of this time, but probably probably will be. Um William, well, oh, Will's in the uh, Will Smith's in the stream. William Dill Smith says uh, May came back too early from Tommy John surgery, so we have insider information there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't believe that myself. I think uh, I agree with more of this guy that uh, he just has a bit too violent of a delivery. But let's try to get back on track a little bit to to wrap up the show. We got a lot of things we didn't even touch on Noah Syndergaard. We didn't touch on, on Julio Urias, which were things we wanted to talk about today. But uh, it's getting a little long, and I don't want to go too crazy. I know this guy will do a 16-hour uh, live stream. Zero problem with it, but we got baseball coming up. We got to look ahead a little bit. Let's look ahead at this series with the Reds. The Dodgers need to eat well in Cincinnati. You got Tony Gonsolin, which, by the way, we no love, absolutely no love so far in the stream. 
for Anthony Catman Gonsolin. He's a who's good. been great. He really has. But then you always uh, he's kind of on that kind of Kershaw boat. It's like when is the injury going to come, and is it going to come in September where it screws up his October, and then he has another nine ERA October, and then we face those questions again. But for now, it's a damn good looking pitcher, and he, he honestly. I don't think he gets there, but he's putting up a, a back-to-back all-star caliber start to a season. He's going to face Luke Weaver tomorrow, being Tuesday. Syndergaard gets potentially his final start as a Dodger. We don't know. Uh, against roses. a human being named uh, Brandon Williamson. That is a human person. That's <laughs> that, Whose name I wrote down, because apparently is the guy. And then Kirsch goes against whatever a Graham Ashcroft is. Hey, these aren't your granddad's reds, I will tell you that. But um, you have to go in expecting a sweep, needing a sweep against this so you can get back to feeling good, feeling right. And guess what? Those Diamondbacks are right on your ass. They are tied right now. I think technically the Diamondbacks have a lead by percentage points or something like that. But what are your things you're looking for in this series? I think I'm looking for another really impressive star from Tony Gonson. I love that you brought that up, the fact that he's not getting the credit that he deserves. And it's not like we don't have a pretty decent sample size at this point. He's made seven starts. He's pitched over 35 innings, has a sub-2 ERA at 177. He's the best pitcher on the staff right now. I mean, in terms of start to finish or start to where we're at from when he plugged in, he is the Dodgers' best starting pitcher. I would make the case for Kershaw. I think a couple of rough starts, but he was back Kershaw on had track. A five and a half ERA in May. I mean, he was National League Pitcher of the Month, and he was really he put this team on his back. I think we can have a healthy debate on that one. But That's I think a, you can make the argument consistent. that he hasn't had a clunker yet. So I think with Tony Gonsolin, you can absolutely make that he case. Was, he was whereas, on his way to a clunker in his last start, but he. I mean, the defense was insane by the Dodgers, but he found his way to pitch, battle, make it through, what, five or six innings was great. And that's that's the type of stuff that really impresses me about Tony Gonsolin, that he finds a way to create an outing when he doesn't have his best stuff. But anyways, I'm going to stop interrupting you. No, no, no. I mean, I think with uh, Thor, I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on Thor. I know we're kind of running short <laughs> on time here, but I think it's tough to have confidence in a game that when he's on the mound, the Dodgers four and seven in his starts. And really one of those was the blister guard game where he pitched one inning. So yeah, we'll see how he fares. It does feel like he's pitching for his Dodgers future. I think, like I said, you don't punt on third down, but you might, I, for him, want to punt on third down if he's not looking the part. If he gets rocked again, I think you're looking at either a phantom IL, possibly a DFA. I think there is pride within this organization and that you don't want to move off him so quick in the event that one of these guys goes down. You know, he can at least give you four or five innings out of the pen, so he does provide value from that standpoint. But, yeah, it's tough to have a lot of confidence with him on the mound, especially in that band box in Cincinnati. <laughs> and especially when he has no confidence in himself. Honestly, to me, I, like, I know he's going through it mentally. So I'm not like, I don't want to pile on to him too much. And, and we don't know how, exactly where his mental state is at. But the things he's saying you know, after his most recent start, which, uh, what was it, last Wednesday, um, he just sounds like a little baby that doesn't have his toys anymore <laughs> and doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to learn to be a pitcher. That, that's what it sounds like to me. And I don't know what all is going on in Noah Syndergaard's head. You know, by every account, all accounts, he's a good dude. He's trying. But the fact that he's essentially whining about, like, oh, I don't have my fastball anymore. Who cares? Like, figure it out, bro. Clayton Kershaw came out throwing 96. Now, bruh struggles to get up to 93. And that's him throwing absolute gas. These guys figure it out. You change. What, like, what happened? When did that, that vaunted Mets rotation turn into soft little broken babies? 
Because that was that was they were the shit. And now all of them, you got Matt Harvey killing pitchers. You got <laughs> wait, was he part of the drug deal guy? I don't know. Anyways, but you got you got uh, uh, Jacob Degrom who can't stay healthy for the life of him. You got Syndergaard who oh no my ouchie makes it so I can't throw hard anymore. Like you know it's a mental block, but just figure it out. Find some location. Yeah, you're not gonna blow hitters by anymore. You're not gonna blow by them. You're not gonna get by on 99. Figure it out. Yeah, no, I mean, Bobby Miller. Or bye-bye. Give him a couple miles per hour off his velo. Maybe you can let him <laughs> borrow some. But, look, the reality yeah. is Thor doesn't have that hammer, man. Thor does not throw in thunderbolts, and he hasn't evolved. He doesn't have plus-breaking stuff. He doesn't have command. He struggles in the zone. The extension's gone down. I mean, there's so many different reasons why he hasn't been effective, and it's unfortunate because if anyone can fix you, if anyone can optimize you, it's this Dodgers organization. Also, too, this guy does put in the work. This is a driveline guy. This is a guy that has done everything. We're at the hypnosis stage. He's seen a hypnosis yeah. Yeah, to try what, to get himself back on track. Like he's just too far gone mentally. He is so far in his own head that I, I do, uh, even if he has a good start, which how do we define good start? Like, what, six innings, only seven runs? Like, I don't know. What is a good Noah Syndergaard start these days? Even if he has an okay start, I, I kind of wonder if, He's going to go on a little phantom IL respite, um, need to get his brain back, and there's your spot for Julio Arias. But I think they need to see what they have in Michael Grove. You can't take out Bobby Miller. Clayton Kershaw's healthy. Catman, I just called the ace of this staff. You got to find a spot to plug in Julio. This is Noah Syndergaard's last start. He needs to be his last start? It, it has to be. Even if he puts together a good one, at least, hey, you have a good feeling to go to the bullpen in Hope he or, or the Phantom IL. Yeah, These so. are your options. Or or they go the way of the Guardians, give them the old uh, DFA like they did with Plesak. So it's the Noah Syndergaard fail. It's the, the no more wow. Syndergaard. Are we going to see Jeter and Pettit come out to get him? Are they gonna, is he going to drop 60 no, you're gonna like see Kobe Rogers, in his last game? Roger the peanut man go out and get him yeah. right now. Are they going to be in Cincinnati? So maybe yeah. it's Johnny Bench. He's going to grab him like five balls anyways hey look at what look at what they say in Moneyball. we're all told at one point that we can't un play a, a child's game any longer and usually we don't get to decide so i think that's the reality players that are past their prime players they can't find again it's not your decision if they do dfa noah Syndergaard, i think i mean you're looking at them eating seven or eight million dollars of that money that's a drop in the bucket that's like two micheladas at dodger stadium and parking so <laughs> they're not going to be hurting in the pocket but i do think clint and i said this on the video that we did is you don't want to hurt the reputation that the Dodgers did have because the Dodgers have the reputation in that you come here, we fix you, right? And if you DFA I mean, him this prematurely, I think you're saying out there the message around the league is, yeah, this is a franchise that has the ability to do just that, but do you want to cut the cord this early or do you want to maintain that relationship? Because he had multi-year deal, multi-year offers out there. Yeah, but is it early when we're talking 13, 14 starts into month three now? Like, where does early end? I mean, he's look, he's like at Four, home. six and a half ERA, man. I know. And the home run balls, you have to give him crap. I mean, look, at and, least in what he's saying too. like, hey, at least he's giving he's Dodger saying. fans souvenirs in the bleachers. I mean, <laughs> you have to give him credit for that. Right. No, but look, I, I like I would love to see him go out there, have a good start. But the fear I have is I don't want to get burned from the injuries. And I want to maintain as much depth as you possibly can. Now, what are your thoughts on moving him to the bullpen? I mean, you always need a mop-up guy, a guy that you I mean, can't get multiple I, innings out of. I think that's where they would stash him first. It's not going to be a DFA thing. It's going to be a bullpen while he figures some things out. That'll be his bullpen rest. 
mental reset, and then he he tries to figure it out over a few, uh, you know, two three inning outings here and there, uh, and then it's either. Do you think a team would pick him up? I mean, somebody would yeah. as a free agent. Free agent, league minimum. Go to Hollywood Boulevard, be like a Thor on Hollywood Boulevard. If you wanted to do that, yeah, get a character actor. No. He ain't going to be here. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I already said Kershaw. You feel good about Kershaw, even if it's in Cincinnati. Bank on at least two solo homers. Um, what are your predictions? This week? Just for the Red Series. Just for the Red Series. I'm going sweep for the Red Series. Let's go over a sweep. I mean, I think it left a bad taste in their mouth. I think they feel like they underperformed against this Yankee team. I think I'm looking forward to see this offense come alive against some okay to mediocre pitching. So I think I'm looking for a sweep against the Reds. They have given us trouble in Cincinnati in recent years. That is a weird (laughs) trouble with a capital T. That is a weird ballpark, a band box there. Anything can happen. So I'm going with a sweep, though, trying to manifest. What are your takes? He's being, he's being white pill over here. Being it's going to be, be a two of three. Dodgers yeah. are going to win the series. I, Funny enough, I don't think they lose the Cindergard start. I think it's going to be one of those games where, yeah, he pitches well enough to lose it, but the offense finds a way to, to step up and bail him out. Uh, I'm a little worried about the Gonsolin start because I just gave him so much love, so we might lose on uh, Tuesday. But uh, I got I got still winning two of three. You're going to feel good. What you got, boys? What you got? What you got, DJ Producer Cody? I'll go three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Oh. Wow, White Pill. What do you got? Three and oh. We got another three and zero. Oh. Hey, before we get out of here, what do you got? Oh, White Pill. Three and zero. Oh. Wow, bring Man, up the brooms. I'm I'm the bad guy here. Let's get into the comments. I'm just so sick of saying two out of three. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't I don't know what that one is. So they asked Noah for the keys back. Uh, what is the keys? I'm, I'm maybe gonna... to the facility. Maybe like a Jamal Adams oh, type thing. Oh, gotcha. Maybe like, the keys yeah, to the. Bullpen door that uh, Aaron Judge broke. Oh, apparently did you, did he broke guys, a, you a door, know? a bullpen door. He did. So stupid. That door's on the 15 DIL. Um. So, oh man, Michael Carrillo not feeling it. He says 0 oh, and three. The Dodgers are going to get really? swept. Wow. Carl Carl says one and two. We're not feeling it. Uh, Mike M says rumor has it Roberts wants Kimbrel back. Uh, barf. Thank you. Uh, De uh, De Juan B. I'm assuming I nailed that. So somebody tell Gratterall, get the easy out. Stop trying to be Houdini. But um, that's about something different from what we were talking about. <laughs> Deborah Young is uh, on the positive side. 2-1, good guys. So does David Burrah, says uh, 2-1. David Feldman, even better. 4-0 and in this three-game series. I appreciate that. BC, better not lose a series to the Reds. And uh, Will Dill Smith. The legend, the actual Dodgers catcher here in the stream with a profile picture of a chicken. Sorry, of a rooster. I, I'm not going to say it. Uh, it says, pull the plug on Thor. Don't you do it. At this point, I think it's a Thorgon conclusion. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you want it. Just do it. I know, a, I know a, a when I see one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got anything else you want to add to this, bud, or uh, about time to hit the old wrap it up button? Wrap it up. I'm down. It's time to wrap it up, man. We must not be doing it right if Doug wants well, to. Well, I think it was up. pretty interesting. I mean, I like the one Trace Altman said. Altman went off in Chicago when he hit leadoff, just saying, I don't see him Ooh. as a as a leadoff hitter, but interesting taking. He definitely did. So definitely has the speed, but on base, not quite where it needs to be, in my opinion. Bat the ball. My player of the week is going to be uh, Mookie Betts because I decided to throw that in. I want to fix Mookie Betts again. Play of the week, Mookie Betts. Three three home runs in Cincinnati. 
Guys, find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. It's a great way to support the boys in blue. This guy, or they, these boys in black shirts, this guy says it's JD going off in Cincy. Subscribe to Blue Heaven. All of our podcasts are on the iTunes. They're on the Spotify. They're on the Pandora. They're on the, all the spots where your podcasts live for free. iHeartRadio. Subscribe to YouTube. YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell. Leave a like. Leave a comment. It really helps out the channel. Go get yourself a Manta mask. Mantasleep.com. Um, drink Hornitos because, you know, you want to Noah Syndergaard starting this week, and you're going to need to have your Hornitos on Wednesday. I'm Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. We are Dodgers Nation on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on the TikTok. Cody has a Twitter. That's what I heard. But uh, wait, we don't need to get Cody into that. With K. <laughs> Cody with a K. Cody with a K on the Twitter. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. Thank you so much for your super chats. We will see you later this week. Bye. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.